Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome. It's episode 301, and I'm Frank, and uh, joining me is Tyler. Uh, the PlayStation Report is happening again this week, the week where we talk about a show called The Game Awards. <laughs> what yeah. Do you... <laughs> but Tyler, wouldn't a more appropriate title be The Game Ad Wars? Probably, <laughs> Yes. I would think so. Man. I mean, before we get to that, how, how you been doing, man? How, I mean, we'll, um, we'll talk about the Game Awards later, but how you been? I'm all right. You know, just trucked along. I have one more full week of work left. Oh? Then three days after that, and then I'm done the rest of the year, so looking forward to some time off. But Sounds yeah, rad just, as hell. Yeah. Otherwise, just just making it happen. How about you? Oh, I'm I'm doing great. I'm just yeah, just having a lot of fun with video games. I have I have my uh I I I have I have my foot in the door for Endwalker. I I I've got I've got my login and uh I, I'm just doing whatever nasty little tricks I need to do to stay logged in. Hmm, okay. Has there been a lot of server problems? Buddy, if you try to queue past noon, you're looking at 6000 in the queue. <laughs> oh my gosh. Holy A crap. lot of people fucking love this game. <laughs> um, wow. Which I guess is a good thing for the game, but uh, for me, I need to, uh, I just need to keep waking up early in the day and logging in and uh, staying logged in as long as I want to play. And that's just how I've been living my life. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's kind of fucking nuts. Yeah. Uh, and- I am really loving it so far, though. It is everything I wanted it to be and more. You get to walk through cities with your with your favorite characters, and you know, just talk 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 about all all sorts of shit. Uh, mm-hmm. You get to go on like you get to go out for coffee with with uh, with some characters, and there's a nice dinner scene. Um, yeah, just all around good vibes. And then uh, there's the peril of impending doom upon the world. <laughs> So yeah, just right. All sorts of flavors of good stuff in there. Have you been able to play like a decent amount with the server issues or Yeah, I mean the issue the issue was logging in. Like once you're logged in, like playing it there's no there's not a problem at all. Um but it's just like there's there's a huge login queue, a lot of people trying to play, um especially during peak hours. Um so yeah, I've been just logging in early in the morning. I've had the past couple of days off, so I've been able to play. I would say about like eight to ten hours. I'm about. Uh, I would. I would surmise by the level cap that I am about a th- a quarter of the way through. I will say I'm a quarter of the way through Endwalker. Okay. And cool. Yeah, just really, really digging it. Has there been a lot of good? moments and good music and oh dude there's some all that stuff the music they fucking they knocked it out of the park with the music man that was like the first thing i noticed um just like the new battle music the new the music in the new zones that you're going to it's it's all just bangers Mm, cool um and yeah they do have some significant story moments some real sad shit happening uh some real like Tense drama. It's it's great. It's everything I wanted it to be and more. 
sweet. Uh, but yeah, have you I've, done any big big raids yet? No, no, not, ra- not far enough. <laughs> raids are typically the end game. Uh, I have right. done. I've done like the first dungeon, um, and that was pretty dope. Um, pretty horrifying, actually. Uh, the concept mm. of it. Um, yeah, you're you're basically invading one of the huge spires that have popped up around the world, and uh, inside those spires, they've abducted people, and they're like they stuck them in little. Tyler, they look like little pussies in the wall. Whoa! And they All like right. they just stuck them, and they're just it's just like their head and a little bit of their upper torso popping out of this pussy in the wall. Oh, uh, these wall pussies. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, it's really. It's really gross looking, actually. <laughs> and um yeah. So they're basically using the using these people basically like the Matrix as batteries, um, to charge okay. up these uh, charge up these primals. Uh these umbral primals, I believe they they're called. Um and yeah. So yeah, the Matrix. It's coming back, baby. It is, yes. It's in it's coming back in uh, Final Fantasy. Oh yeah, oh yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm having a fantastic time with it. I haven't tried any of the new classes, though. I have seen them, seen other players play as them, and they look dope as hell. And uh, maybe I'll try that sometime. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I I imagine we have both played some Halo. Yes, that is all I've played. Right, you're probably further ahead than me, but... <laughs> yeah, Halo. Maybe. They fucking... They did They did some things to Halo, man. They, they certainly did, yeah. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I'll, I'm liking a lot of them, Dude, personally. I'm, I'm fucking digging it, man. Yeah. I am really yeah. fucking digging it. I mean, maybe this is a little bit of hypocrisy, because maybe you could say they far-cried Halo a little bit. Uh <laughs> But it's not overwhelming. It's not overwhelming like a Far Cry game is. Um, no, and I I also think just the open world and the gameplay of Halo really helps with that. Yeah. You know, like, it's it doesn't feel super samey all the time, and just the amount of crazy shit you can do in the Halo world, the physics engine, all that stuff just makes it a lot more satisfying to do those checklisty sort of things to me. Um, and yeah, I'm, uh, it, it does feel a little Ubisofty, but I think it, like you said, it's not overwhelming. And I think that's, that's also a key thing. Like it, it, once icons start popping up on the map, it's not like they just keep going and going and going and going. And then I also think the way the game is kind of so far, I think I'm about, I think my, um, because there's, there's an achievement for beating the campaign, but I think it literally is tracking your progress through it. I think I'm at 27% on that. So, so so far in this first quarter, the way the game's kind of making you progress, too, by not giving you the whole world to go to and just kind of breaking it down a little bit, um, I think that's that helps as well. Um, it's It's very good in that way. Yeah, I... I am generally liking uh, this this open world structure. I think um, I think th- giving you the grapple hook all the time 
yes. was a smart choice because it helps you move around a lot faster. Uh, yep. It's yeah, and just this this general idea of like rebuilding the uh, UNSC forces and you know going out and saving your dudes and building up your shit. It it it, it feels it's a good loop. It feels good. Um, it's all. It always feels really goofy when you save some people and then they're following you for, f- like, into more dangerous shit than they were already in. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I always find that that hilarious. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm learning these weapons a lot better. I feel a lot better about how these weapons feel. Um, and yeah, just get getting my getting shots down range. Yeah. And I think it's it's really fun how yeah there's there's weapons all over the place to grab there's armories you can go into to get something really cool out of it there's uh, and then your whole forward operating base you know as you uh, do more side stuff you're leveling that up so then at your base you can kind of set up different uh, equipment basically and different weapons that you want to use and I think. That stuff's really smart, and and then the way that they have ammo laid around too, um, to kind of fill up a lot of those things pretty frequently doesn't, you know, it doesn't get frustrating where you have something really cool that you like or like a good weapon set up, and then you're constantly running out of ammo or something like that. I think that stuff's very smart, and yeah, I I I, I like that aspect a, a lot, and I just think the world's just really fun to drive around in right now too like it's it's fun to just take a fucking mongoose and just drive through the world and do crazy shit but then the grappling hook is really cool because depending if you like hook it right you can literally like keep launching yourself almost depending on the surface and that is so much fun to just like get it right and you slingshot past uh what you hooked onto and then you grab something else and you slingshot onto that and then oh now you're at the enemy camp so i'm gonna slingshot onto this enemy and punch him in the face and then start shooting shit blowing shit up man the game yeah the gameplay loop is just unbelievably fun yeah yeah and i i like how there are a lot of different things to do on the map as well like the i like how they have like these these targets um so like you have the banished like these these banished with bad reputations that you have to go out and kill and like yeah you could on the surface just do that or you could go into to the log and read about what fucked up shit they do and uh i'm i find myself reading about the fucked up shit they did and i'm like damn that dude needs to die (laughs) yeah Uh, definitely yeah the the banished are i don't think they're as uh interesting as the covenant were to me in in the halo trilogy the the original trilogy there but um they're definitely more exciting than the forerunners in my opinion yeah you know that that stuff just it wasn't awful but it just started to feel not as exciting felt a little generic sometimes um in the banister definitely a lot cooler and it it's very cool too because i feel like there's just really fun boss fights so far in this game and I kind of missed that in Halo. Like, I think back to Halo 2 and some of the boss fights in there that were, in that game, that were just so much fun. And yeah, there were boss fights in 4 and 5. They just were not as fun at all. Like, I think about the final boss fight in 5. Oh, in God. Against those, fuck, I forget what they're even called, but there's like three of them. They're just awful. 
not fun to fight. And in here, it's just it's it's just a lot a lot more fun to have boss fights, and I kind of miss that in Halo. I do think it is a little bit of a bummer, more than I thought it was going to be, but a bummer to not have co- uh, campaign co-op. Because I can see how this game would be so unbelievably fun with a friend in campaign. I can um, also see why campaign co-op might be really fucking hard. Yeah, that that too. That too. Like, like it's not a detriment against the game. It's just more of like a little bit of a bummer. And yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll get it in there. But yeah. man, that, that world with a friend could just be so much fun to go around and mm-hmm. do a bunch of shit. I will say too, though... I'm not fully grabbed by the story yet. Like, I am intrigued on certain things, but I'm not... I don't feel totally, totally invested in it yet. But I am curious where it goes, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, they do a really weird thing though in, in the game where they kind of do a time jump, like, right away. Like, mm-hmm. the intro of the game takes place well before the game actually starts and like trying to figure out like I, I think the interesting thing is to is figuring out like how the banished like what the banished are actually up to um like yeah. it's because like the fear is that they're going to activate the halo ring that you know is obviously busted to shit uh which halo ring is this is this the halo ring from the first game like which I, Halo ring is this? Maybe maybe yeah, I'm just I missing it in the story, but it looks very much like the one that got blown apart, or one that did get blown apart. Yeah, in, in that one spot. Um, yeah, no, it, it is. I'm I'm trying to remember if we've learned about this Halo ring or not. Um, Zeta Halo. Zeta Halo. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying know. to remember remember that, but yeah, I am curious about that stuff. Yeah, and like. I mean, obviously, there's this. Oh wait, Cortana's obviously not fucking dead at this point. Cortana's obviously still out there. Yeah. Um, because this weapon, which I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm not a big fan of the weapon. I'm not a big fan yeah. of the weapon being like, oh my god, my job's done. I just want to die. Leave me alone. I know. <laughs> um, but then just going along with whatever Master Chief says. Uh, anyway. Um. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Right. Kind of weird, weird way to do that. I, I have a feeling that the weapon is going to become Cortana. It's, yeah, it's going to that's... absorb all these memories and become Cortana. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm kind of curious of too, and I, I wonder if that's a way for three four three to kind of almost circle around how five went because five turned Cortana into the bad guy. And, you know, people were very upset about that. And I, I think it's kind of weird to have Chief and not have Cortana. Um, so I just wonder if this is their way to, to kind of get back to that of having Cortana and her being normal, I guess. Yeah, whatever normal is. <laughs> right. Oh, man. But yeah, I'm I'm having a lot of fun with it. I got to say, I, I kind of stopped playing the multiplayer while I while I'm playing the campaign. And I, I don't know. I yeah. think I'm going to beat the campaign before I come back to multiplayer. Yeah, same. And I, I played a little bit of multiplayer the other day, just actually while the Game Awards were on, just to kind of zone out. And um, 
it was, uh, you know, and plus I didn't do any challenges for the week. So that was kind of cool to just level up. But I'm kind of with you. I kind of want to just finish the campaign. Plus, they are adding a bunch of playlists into the game, I think, next week. So, Ooh. you know, I'm, I'm totally fine waiting for that stuff. I think they're adding playlists. Uh, they're adding SWAT, Slayer, Fiesta, Slayer, and um, shit. I thought there was another one. But they're doing that, and then they're tweaking some um, challenges, you know, just making it a little bit not as grindy, or some of them are just kind of lame. So I think they're they're tweaking a lot of that stuff, and I'm I'm fine just plowing through the campaign and then coming back to the multiplayer when they've continued to tweak a lot more things. So yeah. All right. Well. That's enough Halo talk. I feel like people are grinding their teeth at talk of the Master Chief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you're one of those out there, hey, maybe check out an Xbox or a gaming PC and, you know, play Halo. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, we have plenty to talk about. Um, this is mainly going to be about the show called The Game Awards. Uh, do we want to get all the other shit out of the way here first? Because it seems like a bunch of, like, little yeah. shit. Um, so, Sony has acquired another developer, Valkyrie Entertainment. They co-developed uh, the recent God of War. Uh, I believe they're still work. Are they? Yes, they're working on God of War Ragnarok. Um, but yeah, they just got brought in-house. Uh, yeah. Their previous games, well... Reach across all lines here. I'm seeing a bunch of images here. Um, you may know League of Legends. They worked on that a little bit. Yes. They also is. worked on State of Decay 2. Forza Motorsport 7 and Halo Infinite. Games that if you are, I guess, a fanboy, you might not have played. Uh, and I, I want to come out here and say I, I strongly discourage console fanboyism. If I haven't said it enough, yeah, fuck that shit. Uh, they also yeah. worked on Valorant, um, Arc Extinction, Middle Earth Shadow of War is also a game they worked on. They've done they have a lot of experience, and they're work they're continuing to work on God of War. So there's that. Yeah, it sounds like they are bringing this team in house to just almost help. Not really de develop their own game. Maybe they'll do that in the future, but more to just help other teams. So that's kind of what Herman Hull said, that they'll be making invaluable contributions to key PlayStation Studio franchises. So that's almost what it seems like, just kind of bringing in another team to, to help things out. And, you know, that's probably a smart move. I mean, it can help, uh, you know, just throw more people at some of these games and help get them across the finish line, maybe get them out quicker. And Yeah, it's interesting that Sony is, you know, they're not going out and buying massive teams or publishers or anything like that. They're just buying a lot of t smaller teams that they have had good relationships with. And they're kind of saying, like, fuck them, let's just bring them in-house. And I think it, I think it can work out for them. I think it I, it's a different strategy than Microsoft, and, you know, I like it. More consolidation, though, but... Yeah. This could be a smart purchase. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, okay. A few, a few Naughty Dog updates, I guess. A little bit of Naughty yeah. Dog theme going through these last two here before we get to the Game Awards. Uh, the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection is out uh, next month, January 28th. Um, that'll be both on play. Uh, that'll be on PlayStation Five. That and yes. uh, that's going to be like the upgraded version of these, which has 120 FPS mode or uh, 4K mode. Um, yeah, there's a, there's all kinds of things in this. But yeah, just it's going to look better. It's going to run better. You have a choice between them. It's just not. It's never simple. It's never. Hey, it's just better. It's how you want it better. Um, but hey, people like to choose whether or not they want all the frames or all the fidelity. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, this also is a little confusing in terms of like upgrades, basically. So. If you have it digitally, you can upgrade for $10. If you have it physically, you have to upgrade for $10. But to play the PS5 version, you have to keep putting the disc in to the console. If you got Uncharted 4 through the PlayStation Plus collection on PS5, you pay $10 to upgrade. If you got Uncharted 4 through PlayStation Plus whenever they did that a while ago... You cannot upgrade. You have to buy it for fifty dollars. Jesus fucking Christ! Can anything so be confusing? Simple? I know, unnecessarily confusing. Almost I don't as confusing understand it. as the FIA's de- decision yeah. making, which you can hear yes. at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you you need a fucking chart to figure this shit out, and whenever you need a chart with video games, that's not a good thing. Um, it's just confusing, but what I also find confusing, which I don't know if they've totally clarified, like, I have both Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy on a disc. Yes. Do, like, what happens there? Do I just put Uncharted 4 in and pay $10 and I get both of them? Do I have to put Lost Legacy in? Do I have to pay $10 for each? Like, what the fuck is going on? And they haven't really clarified that, in my opinion. Because if it's just $10 and you get both, I'm fine with that. I don't really like it necessarily. But, you know, I can live with it, I guess. Hmm. It's just unnecessarily confusing. When, on the flip side, you have the competition just saying, like, put your fucking disc in and it works, dude. Well, it, uh, it upgrades itself. Just play. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's really fucked up. Like what the fuck is going on here? Uh yeah. And w- included in my what the fuck is going on here? You want to talk more about The Last of Us HBO HBO's The Last of Us TV series? Yeah. I kind of like this move. Okay. Um all right. Nick Offerman's going to be playing Bill. If you don't know Nick Offerman, he is um Ron Swanson in um Parks and Rec. And he's fucking fantastic. I think uh, he he's done some more dramatic roles. I think he's been fine in them, you know. So I just think overall, like I think he can be a pretty good fit for Bill in terms of look and feel. So and he's like not Chris Pratt. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, yeah, so Con O'Neill was supposed to play Bill, but um, had to back out of that, I believe. Mm. So now they got Nick Offerman, which I think is probably a better choice. I honestly have no clue who the hell Con O'Neill is. Hmm. Okay. See ya. All right. We'll see. It's almost 2022, and that is the year that this show is supposed to come out. So, not I, too far. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know about that. Uh, all right. Let's dig into the meat here. We're going to talk about, and I continue to say this, the show called the Game Awards. Um, and I say that because if you compare the amount of time they spend on awards to time they spend on ads man i i just don't know if they can call this the game awards anymore (laughs) i agree did you uh did you watch this whole thing i regrettably did Mm -hmm. um i actually that's a great way to put it i i bought a bottle of scotch uh which helped me through it (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes i had a few beers in some halo and to be honest with you i kept just kind of zoning out of the fucking stream um because dude i just felt like it was extra egregious with the ads this year it was really really bad and i felt like there were almost too many game like trailers or announcements in there as well um just trim the fucking thing down man it just felt overstuffed and rushed and man it was just, just a lot an of exhausting ads. thing a lot to watch. Of ads. just oh yeah it was super exhausting and then also i just felt like the show should have been turned on its head like the announcements of like the brand new games that we don't know about were exciting and then they got less and less exciting as the game awards went along. Like the final world premiere of this Matrix Unreal Engine 5 thing. I mean, that's a cool thing, but, you know, it's not really a banger announcement to end on, in my opinion. And Yeah. And then, yeah, and they, they, dude, there were just very, very long stretches where they did not talk about any awards at all. Yeah, you know, like, you would frequently forget, what was the last award they gave out? Right. <laughs> And yeah, that's like not you would pretty, forget it's an award show. That's that's not a good look if you're an award show. Um, yeah, I agree. Where, and I, like it, it feels like the award the awards are secondary to what the objective of the show actually is. It isn't necessarily even to celebrate games. It's about to sell what you're going to play next. Yeah, definitely. And while that can be exciting, I just found it to overall be boring and exhausting in this one. And then. I also just think, like, yeah, look, I know he's got to pay the bills, but some of it just felt a little too much. Like the whole, um, what was it, Innovation and Accessibility Award, I think it was, being presented by Chevy. Like, what are you fucking doing? Like, that just seems so, so gross to me um, to do those sorts of things. And... I just feel like in the past few years, they have struck a better balance with this stuff than this year. It just it just was not very entertaining overall. Bring back the Schick Hydro Man. Let let the Schick Razor Man be the uh, be the mascot. Just yeah. just get rid of this. Yes. Um, right. 
You know, I would rather them, and I don't know if this would work, and maybe they don't get as much hype or, um, you know, viewership as they would want, but I would almost rather them split this show into two hours, or just two hours total. The one hour is straight nothing but awards, and then the other hour is maybe there's like some cool pre-show announcements or something like that. Where we get some game reveals, and maybe that's hard to do. Yeah, but where um, do you fit Sting into all that? <laughs> I know, right? Or Imagine Dragons. God, um, I, that was my piss break. I'm not going to lie. That was my <laughs> piss break. <laughs> yeah, it was for me, too. Um, I, I don't know. It may, Maybe that doesn't work, but... It, and also, I just I hate the timing of this show. I feel like it's really weird to have a an award show about 2021 video games and Halo Infinite is not even part of any of these uh, awards either, like nominations. I don't really give a fuck if it wins, but like, dude, that's one of the biggest games and one of the best games of the year. It's just really weird. It's like two years ago when Jedi Fallen Order came out and wasn't a part of the show. Yep. Um, and like, the, I just don't like the timing of it either anymore. It just seems like there's always... Something left out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do we do we want to first talk about the awards since you know that that's sure. I mean, they have a list of winners here. Um, I don't remember all the nominees, but we we can just no. go up this list of winners. Um, the best sports and racing game was Forza Horizon Five, and you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I think I called that one. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And honestly, not a surprise. Yeah. I mean, it's a great game. I also call it the best sim strategy game, Age of Empires 4. Yes. And then for so. some fucking reason, the dopes voting on on judging all this decided that It Takes Two is the best family game. Yeah, a little weird. Despite everyone on the internet saying, don't play this with your kids. <laughs> yes. Very strange. For sure. All right, you take the next couple. All right, best fighting game went to Guilty Gear Strive. I mean, seems to make sense. I don't really play fighting games, though. Most anticipated game, Elden Ring for the second year in a row. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's not surprising, though. I mean, that's a weird award in the first place, but um, that was a very stacked category. Biggest marketing budget. Yeah, pretty much. Um, best role-playing game went to Tales of Arise. Yeah. I don't remember the nominees, but that one's got a lot of buzz. Um, Cyberpunk. Uh, no, it's it's notable. Cyberpunk was in that category of best yeah, role-playing Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I forgot about that. It was. Um, best action-adventure game went to Metroid Dread. I feel like that's probably pretty fitting, um, considering what Metroid is. And then best action game went to Returnal, which I also think is pretty fitting there. Yeah, I'm going to download Returnal and play it by the time we record next. Yeah, I think you'll really like it, dude. Right. It's It seems like you're, you're sort of jam, honestly. Alright, I got the next couple so. here. Uh, we got best AR... We don't... I'm just not gonna... T- hmm. We don't play VR games. We don't, we don't no. really care about content creators, although congrats. Who, yeah, whatever. Uh, best debut indie, indie game. Kena Bridge of Spirits. Okay, Tyler, I want to 
am I misremembering this? Didn't Kena Bridge of Spirits have a huge amount of marketing from Sony proper? Yeah, it did. It did. Which, in the context of indie games, feels a little antithetical to what that award should be about. Yeah, it's like Devolver Digital. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. like, it's weird to say that they're indie anymore. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing, but, I mean... And then also, I mean, we talk about it, I think, when we made predictions, but to have a best debut indie and then best indie, like, who gives a fuck? Like, just have best independent game, period. Yeah, and this actually best have standards for that. <laughs> yes. It's, um, it's dumb. Then we got uh, best community game, Final Fantasy fourteen. No big deal. Uh, we don't talk about mobile games here, but Genshin Impact... <laughs> Which was pronounced Genshin Impact to the the, uh, amusement of all Twitter users. Uh, Yes. Best independent game also can Bridge of Spirits, so it won both categories there. Uh, Great. Yeah. Games for Impact, Life is Strange, True Colors took that before the show even started. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, In in (laughs) one of of their pre-show awards they gave away that they don't really talk about. Which is weird because I feel like that's an award that should be in the main show, mm. in my opinion. But I just think it's weird. Um, let's see here. Innovation in accessibility went to Forza Horizon Five, um, which I did not know a lot of the a lot of the things that they showed in like the little you know here's the nominees sort of real. I did not know a lot of those things about Forza Horizon Five. So that those stuff that seemed pretty cool. Um, that that stuff's in there. So. Best audio design went to Forza Horizon 5. Yeah. New. Those cars sound very yeah. good. Um, best score and music went to Near Replicant. Uh, a nice. score that is 11 years old, but we'll just roll with it. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Near games have good, good scores, though. Um, best art direction went to Deathloop. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a cool-looking game, but... I don't think it's mind blowing. Yeah. Best ongoing game went to uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, weird. Weird how yeah. best ongoing game and best community support work because it feels like those things go hand in hand. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It is weird. Um, best multiplayer went to It Takes Two. So then you know. I mean, the... because Halo Infinite is not eligible. I get yes. it. Yes. Yeah, and also, you know, It Takes Two is literally only a multiplayer co-op game, so I'd see it. Uh, Best performance went to Maggie Robertson, who plays uh, Dimitrescu in Resident Evil Village. Yeah. Which I think is a good performance for sure. Um, Probably would have went with some others, but congrats to her. Um, Also kind of glad that... I don't know. I like that they just have best performance now because I think they used to split it, didn't they? Between yeah, they male did. and female. Um, so yeah. Anyways, uh, best narrative went to Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I, it took me by surprise, but people swear by it. I've seen yeah. people defend that choice with their lives. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, good for them. I, I definitely want to check that game out sometime. Best game direction went to Death Loop, which. Yeah, we already know, talked about that. We already talked yeah, about that last week. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of... Man, it's hard for me to want to go back to Deathloop. And I don't like the direction of the game that it went. It's not good. 
like it's confusing as fuck and it's um not as deep as people want to say it is out fuck it god damn it um and then shockingly game of the year went to it takes two yeah yeah <laughs> i mean <laughs> i i i guess guess we got to play that game but yeah, yeah very shocking with that i mean from the people that have played that game it seems like they are very on board with uh that winning game of the year um so good for them. I thought the energy just coming out of Joseph Forrest when he won, though, just like fits pumping through the crowd and stuff like that. Usually, you know, you just see when when someone wins at an award show like this, they're very maybe kind of buttoned up or something like that, just walking through. But he's just like, fuck this shit. Like, hell yeah, I fucking won. And <laughs> I did. I did enjoy that. I mean, what a what a what a moment that was. All right. Before we get to announcements from the Game Awards, I'd like to uh, I'd like to address my audience out there, the people who know me. I am very disappointed in uh, in Jeff Keighley, to be honest. The way he opened that show. Oh, to, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Instead of directly addressing the big problem, the thing like specifically. That spark that is currently sparking the conversation around the games industry. Instead of muttering the words Activision Blizzard or the name Bobby Kotick, he instead provided a very nothing statement about yes. Yeah, let's let's all be nice to each other. Uh it's it's on all of us to do this. Uh right. together. And we need to make games better place for everybody. Who needs to do that? Everyone does. No one specifically. And that just ranked me as a very cowardly move. A move that is very much motivated by money and sponsorships. And um, quite frankly, I, I just found it kind of disgusting how he did that. And it was like, moving on! And then later in the show, one of the announcements, big announcements, is uh, fucking Quantic Dream's fucking Star Wars game. Quantic Dream, the studio who uh, fucking made deep fake nudes of Elliot Page and uh, fucking David Cage is on record of saying all the women in my games are whores. Uh, so, yeah. Just a lot yeah. of fucking whiplash going there. I, yeah, I, I'm totally with you. I totally forgot about that moment. <laughs> um, and I thought it was just kind of a, a gutless thing to get out there and say, like, Come on, man. And waiting like, for applause after he says shit? Yeah. Like, that was the most like, disgusting bit about uh, it. Yeah, it was bad. It's kind of like the um, the ESA recently put out a statement about, um, you know, basically everything going on without with Activision, but without saying Activision. Yeah. Like, the same deal. It's like, you're not saying anything. So, just shut the fuck up. and Or grow a pair and mm -hmm. say it. It would have been a big deal, I think, if Jeff would have said it. And or I think, literally anyone said anything. Yeah, because oh, nobody at all in that award show said anything. And I'm not sure if that was direct if that was a direction given to people, like if people were told not to say anything, but like not a fucking word about Activision Blizzard. Right. Yeah. 
it's it's fucking stupid, man. That whole whole bit. Yeah. And I wonder if if uh, he if that opening wasn't planned, um, until you know some pressure started to come out, you know, regarding that, um, and you know we talked about that Polygon article. I think it was Polygon last week. I I just wonder if that opening wasn't planned at all, and then he's like, "Well, I should say something," but he ends up saying nothing at all. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, and like it, it would have even been nice because I mean I didn't put I don't think we talked about it last week because it didn't happen yet. But uh, Activision Blizzard workers are like they have a strike fund going, especially springing out of the whole Raven Software situation where a bunch of their QA team got laid off. Like there's a strike fund out there. Um, you can go check that out uh, and like donate if you if you feel like it. But yeah, like no one even mentions that. Like <laughs> they say they want to support game developers. But then they refuse to do anything of substance to support games, game developers. Right. Um, so, yeah. I just needed to get that out there before we talk about these game announcements, which seem to be, like, the focus of the show. Uh, and I, I don't know. It seemed like there was a lot and very little that I was uh, actually excited for. Um I'm not sure. Do you want to go through all of these, or do you just want to go through the stuff that, like, is notable to us? I, yeah, let's just go through, like, the bigger and more notable things. Because, yeah, there's there's a decent amount in here that I don't have a lot to say about, or, you know, just not exciting either. So, yeah, why don't we just work our way down, I guess. I mean, I I personally feel like Tunic could be a really cool game. Yeah, I agree. This this we've seen a shit ton cool. of it. We've said yeah. we've seen an absolute shit ton of it. It has a release date now, March sixteenth. Yes, uh, not coming to PlayStation. Yeah. yeah, but I imagine it will at some point. A lot of these Xbox uh, indie exclusives have found their way to PlayStation eventually. Like I think Twelve Minutes just came out on PlayStation. I mean it. It'll come to PlayStation eventually. Yeah. But it does look cool. It's very Zelda, old school Zelda like game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Babylon's Fall got a date. Yeah. yeah. This one's not looking too exciting, but no. <laughs> comes no. out March third on PS4 and PS5. Yeah, we'll see. I also think that's just not a good time for that game. It's supposed to be a live service game. Like, ooh, this game's gonna. Going to bomb, I think, pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, David Cage is going to reinvent racism in Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> they they, they yeah. revealed their game called Star Wars Eclipse, which, yeah, I, a Quantic I'm, Dream Star Wars game. I'm torn on this because of just being Quantic Dream and David Cage, but I'm also like, that was probably the most hyped trailer for me. During this whole thing, like it was the I biggest loved that trailer. It was the biggest emotional swing when I saw that trailer, and then I saw at the end a quantic, <laughs> quantic dream. dream. I was like, I know. "Oh fuck!" I, I will. Yeah, I know. And man, we'll see. I just you mix David Cage in his writing and Star Wars, and I feel like we're gonna get something real wild out of it. 
and wild, maybe not in a good way. <laughs> I mean, the last thing he did was basically try to reinvent the civil rights movement with androids. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so <laughs> he's probably going to step in some deep shit with Star Wars, which traditionally has its own problems. Like, there are a bunch of like yeah. depictions in Star Wars that aren't the greatest and don't hold up at all. Um, right. I, I wonder, though, if being Star Wars, being a licensed thing... Like, Luke's film very much likes to have control over their own lore and characters. So I wonder how much play he truly has. Um, but I do think the smartest thing about this, though, is it's just setting. Like, being in the High Republic era of Star Wars, um, you know, gives them a lot more freedom. Doesn't uh, attach them to... Probably, I mean, I'm, like Yoda was in the trailer or whatever, but I think it just gives them more freedom there. Um, and to be honest with you, the High Republic and Old Republic era of Star Wars is what I want to see moving forward with Star Wars. Like, I just think those are fascinating eras uh, and of the Star Wars lore, and there's so much they could do there. Um, so seeing something set in the High Republic, I think, is, is really exciting. Like... I'm a really original trilogy out, dude. Like, I don't need any more shit about the original trilogy era of Star Wars. Um, even the sequel trilogy, I'm a little like, eh, I don't know if I want much more of this either. Like, fuck it, give me prequel stuff, too. Like, the prequels, uh, say what you want about them, but they have very cool lore overall. Mm. Um, so I do really like that setting, and that, that, that intrigues me a lot. Yeah, I mean... I I get the excitement for the setting, but man, I just I'm not sure how excited I can really get for a David Cage game. Like I just yeah, I fair. just don't know. Like is this going to be the first thing in the modern era that Disney says, "No, that actually isn't canon. We need to strike that from the canon immediately." <laughs> Cuz yeah, I can I see know. that. <laughs> I can see that happening if yeah. David Cage really goes off the rails here. Yeah, I think it just depends on how much he goes off the rails. Maybe also how much... Just, yeah, just how much freedom Lucasfilm truly gives him. I hope as we'll little see. as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this game is very far away, though. Because even after the trailer, I think it was just Jeff up there said that the game is, you know, now in development. Yeah. So I, I, it's going to be... I'm going to say, honestly, probably 2024 when this game comes out. <laughs> Yeah. Like they take a while to make their games and maybe by then people will know, forget man. Detroit become human. <laughs> maybe. Uh, all right. We got us we got a trailer for the Sonic movie. Which looks very fun. Oh yeah. I need I need to watch that first one so I can get yeah, see same this here. one. This one looked very fun. Yeah. I am very down. Um See, Final Fantasy VII Remake's finally coming to PC. Yep. Still not Xbox. Yep. Pretty surprising there. And I think this one, this next one here, was an honest surprise for me of uh, Monolith, makers of the Middle Earth games recently, are doing a Wonder Woman game. Yeah. I could see it. I could see yeah. them do that. Yeah, I can too. I think Wonder Woman has a lot of good potential to be a fun video game character. And apparently the Nemesis system's going to be in this somehow, which, you know... Oh, God, we didn't talk patent. about it, but I wish they put the Nemesis system in Halo Infinite. 
Oh my god, that'd be so fucking cool. Oh man, I, I didn't think about that, but man, that would be dope, dude. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of cool potential here for Wonder Woman. I mean, yeah, you could also say it's just another developer making another superhero game, you know, that's or a licensed game in Quantic Dream doing Star Wars, but I think we we have not gotten a a Wonder Woman game. I don't think and if we have, I'm sure it's probably not that exciting. So there's a lot of good potential here, a lot of good new I think they could do. I'm down. All right. And we we, we have here the biggest tease that I'm actually not that mad at because the end product here looks pretty cool. But uh, they put the word Silent Hill on screen. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the uh, creator of Silent Hill has another game. Um, who Who is it? Kichiro Toyama. Uh, he's making this game called Slitterhead. It's called Slitterhead. I hate that name, dude. Oh, it I just love sounds, it. It sounds like you're saying something wrong. It does sound like a you slur. Should it, never absolutely, say. it absolutely does sound like a slur. Um. Yes. It just, it's, I don't like saying that word, but yeah, what a weird trailer. Yeah, I think Very I'm in, for, in on this game. It does, like the game, like, I mean... Graphics or whatever, but it doesn't look like the most advanced thing uh, out yeah. there. Um, but just the concept, I think, I think I can be in for this. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it, it does look maybe a little budget, but I also think that I mean that doesn't really matter. Like, yeah. I wouldn't sit here and say Yakuza Like a Dragon is the most beautiful game ever made. Right? You know, like <laughs> the game it looks as good as it needs to. Yep, uh, um, for sure. Yeah, a little bit, like, we'll I'm getting a little bit of Dead Space stuff from it, is just from, like, monster designs and, like, a little mm-hmm. bit from it. Um, but, yeah, it, it looks gross. I like it. It's from the creator Silent Hill. It's probably the closest thing we'll get to Silent Hill for a long time. Yeah. I think um, Guillermo del Toro came on, and they showed a trailer for his new movie, Nightmare Alley, which could be cool, but I'm like, why is this here? Like, mm-hmm. what are we doing? It makes sense to do a Sonic trailer at the Game Awards. Not really Nightmare Alley, sorry. Um, and then he said something about, like, oh, I hope we get a new Silent Hill someday. And I'm like, oh, is, or is he? does he know something? Are they teasing shit? No. Um, no. We did not get a Silent Hill announcement, though. Uh, there was a Destiny 2 Witch Queen trailer that, like, made me a little bit less interested in Destiny. To be honest, Dude, like it made me realize how out of the loop I am, and like how I just can't get back into it. I'm kind of with you on that, and I thought I was kind of alone on it because you know some people I, I follow that saw that trailer was like, oh yeah, I'm stoked on it, but I'm kind of with you. Um, and I also just thought this was a horrible trailer. Um, it's just kind of weird, and I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, not 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 the most exciting trailer to me. All right. What else do we have here? I don't know anything about. I don't know anything about Nightingale. It's a survival yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't either. I mean, yeah, it could be cool. I guess a lot of like games that got announced that seemed to be like early access PC titles, because um, they would always end with like sign up now on Nightingale.com or play Nightingale or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um. How about Telltale coming back with a game about the Expanse? 
Great. So uh, Amazon is going to license out The Expanse to Telltale, but also want to make a TV series about Mass Effect on their own. What are they doing? <laughs> I don't know. Kind of kind of weird. But also being developed by Deck Nine, who I believe yeah. just did uh, Life is Strange, True Colors. Yep. So we'll see where this goes. I mean, I'm very curious. I need to watch The Expanse, but I'm just curious about telltale's resurgence and it's going to be episodic too yeah. see where that goes yeah i mean <laughs> we're long past that but hey go ahead and try it. uh we also got a sonic breath of the wild trailer uh, <laughs> yes we did <laughs> fuck it everyone that was an awesome trailer i i kind of can't stand sonic but that was an awesome trailer yeah <laughs> yeah, that game comes out next year. Uh yeah. Um we got we got some Cuphead DLC called Finally. The Delicious Last Course. Yep. It's coming out in June. I was hoping I made this joke already, so apologies if you've already seen it. I was hoping for a follow up to Cuphead called Fork Dick. Um Fork Dick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That'd be awesome. Man, I don't know if I've ever heard of DLC that takes fucking five years to make. Don't get me wrong. This looks like a hell of a lot of work with their animation style, all that stuff. But man, it's been a long time for this DLC. And it seems like it uh, for Cuphead fans, it'll be a pretty substantial piece of DLC. I thought the whole presentation of it was really cool. Yeah. With the song and everything like that. That was fun. Ah, all right. You want to talk? Are you an Alan Wake fan? I've never played Alan Wake, but I've always been curious about it. So I thought this announcement was was intriguing. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, people have been asking for Alan Wake two for a long time. Oh yeah, and it's only coming to PS five and Series X and PC too. So it'll be a true next gen title, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, and apparently they're switching more to a uh, a horror focus for Alan yeah. Wake 2. Which seems to be fitting, I think, for the vibe of Alan Wake. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I really um, want to play the remastered that came out recently, so try to do that before this comes up. Uh, we've got another trailer for that Saints Row uh, reboot, which, yeah, whatever, Saints Row. Um, yeah. Then we got another Breath of the Wild game, Chaya. Yep. <laughs> uh, game looks all right. Yeah, I mean, it looks it looks like they're trying to do a Breath of the Wild, yes. which is fine. I mean, if you do it well, we'll see. Uh, yeah. Man, got it. We had, we had Will Arnett on stage. Yeah. Doing Will that Arnett a... stuff, being a little bit awkward. Yeah, I like Will Arnett, but I thought that whole thing was very cringy, the way they presented this. But isn't that just Borderlands? <laughs> yeah, honestly, yes. I mean, it it would have been cringy if fucking Randy got up there and said something like, yeah, I mean, that is Borderlands, and I'm, I'm playing this game. I didn't need to see it. Um, spoiler, it looks fine. All right. Uh, 
got another trailer for Horizon Forbidden West. I don't know how much more we need to see of this. No, I'm. I'm it looked cool, but I'm. I'm just ready for. I this feel like game. it's such a known quantity. Like we know, we we already know about Horizon Forbidden West. You don't need to keep showing us this. Yes, exactly. Um, there's a Star Trek game being made by X Telltale game developers. You know the ones that got like laid off when <laughs> when the studio went under and then resold itself. I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, they're out yeah. doing the Star Trek thing. Um, Which. You know, the, some of the things about Star Trek, I'm not a big Star Trek dude, but I've watched the recent movies, and some of those things could uh, be very nice for a, like, adventure choice-based game of decision-making and stuff that they have to make on the ship, stuff like that, so could be cool. Mm-hmm. Comes out next next spring. Yeah. Uh, we got another uh, trailer for Forspoken. We also got a release date for Forspoken, uh, that release date being May twenty fourth. Sooner than I thought, but you know. Yeah. Same. I think this game looks pretty cool. Yeah, I'm I'm in the middle on it because I think the concept of it is cool. Seeing the character move around looks cool. The abilities that you that they've shown in these trailers during combat looks cool. But I kind of, I'm worried about the open world nature of it because it just looks kind of empty. So I'm really curious about it, how it turns out in that aspect. But then also, why in all these trailers are like the AI completely fucking brain dead? Dude, I don't like. I that 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 also is just like, are you so you just going around like blowing shit up? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there'll be a challenge there, but I just think it's a weird thing to keep showing. I mean, we've seen like three trailers of this game and every time the AI is just standing there doing nothing and that's kind of a weird thing for me yeah. personally but I think there's some cool potential here yeah. it looks fucking gorgeous though yeah and like just the story it's setting up seems pretty like pretty cool yeah I agree with that and I'm seeing names on this writing team Gary Witta Amy, he- Amy Hennig yeah I mean there's, Good names. Yeah. Maybe there's something there. There's yeah. definitely something here with Hellblade 2. Dude. We saw a big boy. <laughs> big old boy. So, I feel like it was a little hard to say this was a demo. I mean, there was some gameplay in there, but a lot of times it just seemed like kind of cinematic. Like maybe, it's just like, maybe it's just like God of War words. There's never, it's just, it never cuts away. I was almost wondering that because of the way that it went from cutscene into gameplay and the in the quality of the visuals did not change. I was like, holy fucking shit. This game is just stunning looking and uh it also made me go fuck. I I feel like I need to get a Series X before this game comes out. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like this game is not going to run well in a Series S. <laughs> we'll we'll see on that, but yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited about this game, and I, I was hoping we would get like a release window, but we didn't even get that either. No, it'll happen. But yeah, that was that was a really cool, cool trailer. Tyler, I can't believe I've done this, but I forgot to talk about a video game, and this just reminded me up here. Iron Galaxy's Rumbleverse. No, 
their free-to-play multiplayer brawler. They made a wrestling battle royale, Tyler. (laughs) Um, I actually played a few rounds of it. Oh, did you? Yeah. So you you played this. Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. It was a little bit... um, difficult at first to figure out what the hell was going on because it yeah it's all melee it's about like clashing and countering and figuring it like managing your stamina um yeah it's it's neat and a lot of cool things happen while you're playing it like getting suplexed off a building um they have other game references in there which is always fun you're familiar with final fantasy 10 correct a little bit at least culturally do you know what eject shot is that I don't know. Oh, fuck. God damn it. Well, they have a move called the Wrecked Shot, which is a reference to a move in that, which is really cool, but whatever. Um, but yeah, it's it's a neat game. You're running around, you're getting like power-ups for like three different stats, and you can get up to ten power-ups, and you distribute that however you want. Um, yeah, it's Battle Royale. I think they, have, right. they had duos during the uh, little beta period I played. And yeah, I came as high as seventh in my like four or five rounds I played. All right, cool. How many? How many players is is there? It's like, in a match? forty players. It's a much smaller map than other battle royales, but it's also only forty players. Okay. You can do elbow drops off the top of buildings. It's great. It's great. It's very funny. I was a little skinny man in a cat suit. (laughs) Nice. All right, you don't want to talk about wrestling. We can move on. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm a big wrestling guy. Sorry. Um, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. I thought that looked very fun. Personally. Yeah. I mean, the Flash quipped. That's what the Flash does. The Flash does quips. (laughs) Yeah, he does. Um, but I thought, yeah, just a lot of the, uh, characters seemed very fun. Seemed, honestly, a lot, like, uh, very, like, the movement really surprised me, and it's, it gives me, like, Sunset Overdrive feels, um, from some of these characters. So, that, that game went up, in my opinion, in terms of anticipation for it. I mean, I, I don't really care. To be honest, <laughs> I don't care about any of the superhero shit coming out anymore. There's mm-hmm. just too much of it. Just too much. <laughs> uh, we got another trailer for Plague Tale Requiem. Um, still looks gross. Still looks really fucking gross. Yeah. this I really like this trailer. This, this game's looking awesome. and Yeah, excited to finish Innocence to get ready for, for this one. Seems a lot more open than... Um, the previous one, and then also they showed just a little bit more combat and stuff in it, so mm-hmm. I'm curious how that goes. Because uh, combat, you can do combat in A Plague Tale, but it's uh, very limited. And, and you you will probably die if you do. Not always, but probably, so. But while the game looked beautiful, it still kind of had some of that jank in it that... Uh, the, the first game has, and I'm totally fine with that. I, I actually think it's it's kind of charming. So, yeah, looking forward to that one. Yeah. Uh, Dying Light, Stay Human, had the trailer. 
It's still allegedly releasing in February now. Yep. I'll believe it when it comes out. I don't. I. <laughs> I, th- I think it. I think it'll come out. I mean, it just in February. Cool. Yeah. Okay. You know, with all those yeah. other games. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it's going to do it. Okay. Uh, what else do we have here? Um. I mean, they did that Matrix. Unreal 5 engine experience. It looks neat. Um, not a video game. Uh, and then they, they... They did an Elden Ring trailer. They didn't... Yeah. They did another Elden Ring. They keep doing this to me. <laughs> they keep doing this to me. They tease me. But they don't give it yeah. to me. Shit, he, I didn't see it anywhere in here, but it? wasn't there a fucking uh, a trailer for that game where you play as Gollum? Yes. Was that in the pre-show? Is that why that's not here? No, it was no, it was in the main show, but it wasn't. They didn't do like the world premiere. Oh, okay. It just kind of happened. That game looks bad. Yeah, yeah it does. It does. It, it's really Gollum looks uh, yeah. real fucked up in that game. Like, yeah, that don't that ain't my that ain't my boy. Look what they've done to my boy. That's what I was gonna say. He 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 just looks unsettling, and that yeah, no, no, not looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> Did this Elden Ring trailer get you get you pumped, dude? I I'm in. I'm fucking in, man. They they they're roping me in, and uh, yeah, I just I need to play this game. I need to fucking play Elden Ring. Yeah. I I don't know what else there is to say. I just I need that video game. Yeah, it's going to be here before you know it. Not not that far away. Yeah, I have other things to play until then, though. I have plenty of video games I need to finish. Ah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that mostly covers the stuff that we're really um, engaged with here. Uh, yeah, I'm curious about this Halo live action TV series, but. I'm also not getting my hopes up for it. We'll see. Yes, on everyone's favorite service, Paramount Plus. Yes, the hottest service. I don't know anyone with Paramount Plus, unless they got it for free somewhere. I know zero people who pay for Paramount Plus. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, that was the game awards asterisk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the game ads. We'll actually do a real awards podcast uh, sometime mm-hmm. here in the f- near future. Um, and we won't have any video game announcements to bring to you. <laughs> Mainly because that's just not what we do, and also, I don't know if that's something we'd really want to do. Uh, but yeah, let's... Uh, Let's get to playing video games, because I don't know about you, I have a lot of video games I need to play before we do that show. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. For sure. I have, this just in. Good. Oh, I have probably about another, like, hundred or so hours to play of Endwalker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Better, better get cranking away, then. Yeah. What you got? Or what you never, got? Just never log out. Um, Coming from Chris Medlin, who is an F1 journalist, okay. said that... Uh, Mercedes protest was not upheld 
Huh. The race results stand. Max Verstappen's the champion. Um, but Mercedes is going to appeal the <laughs> the protest not being upheld. Okay, if y'all so, want to figure out what that's all about, we have a whole segment that I'm going to put at the end of this show that you can listen to us bitch and gripe about racing. Yes. And, uh, yeah. If you enjoy that sort of thing, stick around till the a little bit after the end of the show. Um, but, yeah, I think that's where we should call it, unless you have anything else. Any other breaking news for me? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. I mean... If the if the FIA is throwing it out now, I highly doubt that another appeal for Mercedes will do anything. Although, like, it's cut and dry. They didn't follow procedure. They didn't do no, what they, they were didn't. supposed to do. No, they, they and, did not, no. All right, you'll hear more about this after the podcast, but what they did was actually even unfair to other back markers because they did not have a fair shot to overtake on that last lap of racing. Yes. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> Hear more about the race after the show, which I am going to end right now before we get even into another 15, 20 minutes of racing talk. Uh, do you want to send us questions? Bitch, gripe, whatever. Tell us to stop talking about racing. We're not going to do that, but uh, no. season's over, so you might have a break. Uh, you can do that at, via email at playstationreportpodcast at gmail.com or via email. Or no, I already said via email. I said I need to say the Twitter handle, which is PS Report Podcast. <laughs> See, I'm getting all mixed up here. I'm getting more confused than Michael Massey <laughs> on a race day. Uh, but you can find me and my tweets at the Arctic Sloth. You can find Tyler and his YouTube channel at Plugged On Vids. Until next time, be good to each other, play your video games, and. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Goddamn, Tyler. That fucking race. Ah, man. It's a fucking farce. The whole fucking... It all came down it's to messy. just... I don't it's messy. It's messy. All right. If we're going to talk about the race, I, I think I'm going to have to conclude to... I was not really paying attention to what was happening behind the top three. Right. Um, And I only say top three because... Uh, Sergio Perez had a brilliant bit in that race to play. But oh, yeah. It, that, oh, yeah. That bit ultimately didn't even matter at the end. No. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, so, I guess the first thing I, I personally want to talk about is that lap one incident. <laughs> yeah. What's your thoughts on that between Max and Max and Lewis? I think this is another case of Max missing the breaking point and just forcing his opponent off. It seems like a clear pattern of behavior from him that he's just going to lunge inside, leave no room on the track. And right. if you look at his onboard, his car doesn't even begin to start pointing the right, even start turning to the right, turning in the right direction until Lewis is already forced off track. Mm-hmm. He's lunged in so deep that he's basically put up a roadblock there, if you, if you ask me. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I thought it was um, a ambitious move from him. He was very far back um, with that lunge. Um, 
at the same time, though, like, I feel like Hamilton didn't really give back yeah, that's what the- he gained, though. That Like, it's it's another one of those instances throughout this entire season where it, it goes both ways. Yeah, you know and what I, mean? I understand yeah. that. And yeah. what, what was frustrating <laughs> me is that the broad, like, they claim to have uh, given back that advantage over the, ne- over the course of the lap, but we don't right. see any of that on camera like they don't show the mm-hmm. broadcast doesn't show us where that happened or where he slowed down and where that gap closed up right um i think on the day though like it does make sense that he could have closed up and then pulled away again because the mercedes looked very very much like the better car on this track oh yeah absolutely absolutely yeah um, i mean even with um i thought it was pretty amazing later on though of like when max got the f- Second set of hard tires. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, he's really going to gonna get this. He's got 20 laps left or whatever. It's going to get gonna get tight. But, man, Lewis was just, he was on it. Yeah. Like, I think Max only really gained about five seconds or so, maybe six until that um, safety car at the end. I mean, yeah, he, he had a great car. Yeah, yeah. And then... Uh... I guess I mean somewhere in the middle there, Checo Perez, Sergio Perez, yeah. he puts up a a magnificent like defense against uh, Lewis Hamilton, yeah, um, to help Max close up, which Max does close up quite a lot. Like I think he made up all, like six or seven seconds. Yes, he did. Um, during yeah, that, that was defense. pretty pretty crazy. Yeah, that that was a really really exciting part of that race. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's he's great at. Those battles. Very um, Alonzo-like, I yeah. think. Like, he fights hard, but he fights fair. You yeah, know? yeah. And, like, I I honestly like watching those two race because they yeah. actually, <laughs> you know, try to do it fairly. Yep, um, yep, yep. And then it's a lot of the race is uh, from that point on until uh, the virtual safety car where Verstappen got his second set of tires is... Like, Hamilton was just pulling away. He was just pulling away from Max forever. Right. <laughs> like, right. And then he comes in and Max gets his fresh tires under a virtual safety car and uh, doesn't really close nearly fast enough to what he would need to to actually catch Hamilton by the end of the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Nicholas Latifi um, fucking bins it, like, bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, he that, did. Was, that was just bad. That that was, man. I I would not want to be. Uh, I would not want to be the car with the Mercedes engine who cra- who binned it at the end of the last race. I know. Creating the situation that followed, which was yeah. complete incompetence by Michael Massey and the stewards, could oh, not yeah. make a decision. Pulled the trigger at the last second and didn't even follow procedure. Um. And uh, pretty much handled this race on a silver platter for Max to go and take, um, based on like just their indecision and their inability to actually you know do what they were what actually in the rules that they're supposed to do like if they make mm-hmm. their decision. Right. Um, so what happened on the safety car? Um, Lewis not wanting to uh, not wanting to lose track position. I mean, understandably, because who knows how long the safety car is going to last, and if ends under yellow, he would have just been handing away the championship. Yep. Max comes in, he has nothing to lose, puts on a soft set of tires, 
Yeah. And uh, I, th- I thought that was a smart call. Yeah. In case it does go back, you know, racing like it normally would. Mm-hmm. You know that 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 was a very smart call. It was smart calls on both sides. I think I I would not have came in if I was Mercedes either. Right. And from this point on, it is in the hands of the stewards to determine the world championship because they can't uh, seem to make a decision. Um, Specifically, the the race director, though, Michael Massey. Michael Massey. This all really falls on him, if you ask me. Could not decide. There were two options, and he chose neither of them. Actually, I would say there are three options. One of the options is, hey, there's a safety car this late in the race. We don't want to determine the result ourselves. Red flag it. Yes. Bring everyone in. Put everyone on a level playing field. That's yes. the decision I would have made. That's the decision a reasonable per- reasonable person should have made. That's that's what I was pulling for. Because as it got closer to the end of the race, I'm like, fucking serious. This is going... This whole, like, crazy, entertaining season is going to end under a safety car. That fucking blows. And so I would have red flagged that race, like, immediately. Yep. But yeah. that's, not what they, that's not what he decided. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> instead, he decided to let them run behind the safety car for a few laps, announce that they were not going to let the back markers through, um, which, if they let the back markers through, the race would have likely ended. Well, if they let the back markers through and did what they were supposed to do, the race would have ended under yellow. Um, or they could uh, restart the race with the back markers still in place. He did neither of those things. Um, he instead decided <laughs> that the back markers in between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen would be let through. Um, and he made this decision like while they were on the lap that the safety car was coming in. Uh, very late um left that decision very late and like contradicted what he had previously told the the teams that he was going to do and that in itself just letting those back markers through was a violation of the sporting regulations in which if they were going to let back markers through they have to let all of the back markers through yes and then the safety car is supposed to come in the following lap yes so Michael Massey breached the regulations because he couldn't make a decision earlier. And maybe he couldn't make the decision earlier because they were still cleaning up the track, but there then you can't just do what you just did. Like Yeah. He pretty much decided the championship right there when he made that decision. He did, yeah. For sure. And it's it's such a tough spot cuz you know Mercedes has launched a protest against it, which I think any team would have done yeah and in they, their position they do have um, a valid case not not that i want the championship to be decided by something like that but like yeah they do it's certainly and it's it's a tough spot too because you know it's not like max and red bull did anything wrong no. it all comes down to the fia and um michael massey i mean it's all his doing so, like, do you take the championship away from Red Bull, who didn't do anything wrong necessarily? Uh, no, but Mercedes and Lewis got completely fucking shafted. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Make them co-champions. <laughs> Fuck it. Mm. <laughs> like, it's, uh, I don't know, man. It it was thrilling to watch at the end, but then afterwards you're just like, man, 
something just doesn't feel right about that. And it to me, it wasn't about who won either. Like if it was the other way around, I would have been like still feeling the same way. Like yeah. something just felt really weird about it. And I think it was just yeah, just incompetence. Just saying like, hey, this is what we're going to do. These cars aren't going through the la- they're not unlapping themselves, and um, you know, then changing it not long after that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, it's such a fucking crazy thing that it's all all his doing. I mean, he's <laughs> the FIA have kind of been in Michael Massey's position. I, I get he's in a tough spot, but they have not been doing very well. I would say this season, um, like there's just been a lot of inconsistencies with calls on track and penalties. Um, and then I just think that something needs to change with this weird ass negotiation shit that these teams are allowed to do to him. Um, it's just like, I just feel like it's completely impossible to not favor one side or the other, depending on the situation. Like the teams, in my opinion, should not be allowed to talk to him. Like what he says goes as the race director, what the stewards say is what goes. And like, uh, you know, I think we recorded before Jetta last week, um, that whole, you know, when they red flagged that the first time, that whole strange ass, or maybe the second time that strange ass, uh, negotiation of where Max, where Lewis and where Esteban Ocon was going to go. Like, I just don't even get why they're allowed to do that. Like, fucking, that should just come, in my opinion, come down to the stewards and they say, you know, fucking, you go here, you go here, you go here, because you fucked up and you took the corner wrong or whatever. It's just like, that stuff just needs completely fucking changed to me. Like, that's that's where it's, it, it all kind of has built up to this. Mm-hmm. Throughout the whole season, you know, like just very inconsistent with a lot of the moves that like Max has made and a few others this year. It's just like, what is what in the fuck is going on, man? It's I don't know. Yeah, it's I, fucky. I have a feeling that if they don't do anything about the kind of things that Max is doing, there's someone's going to get hurt because this whole I was ahead at the apex because I missed the breaking point. Therefore, yeah. I should still have the position. That's just that's just a load of horseshit that's going to get someone hurt. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think he um, he took it way too far in Jetta last week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there were so many of those moves. I was like, bro, <laughs> whoa, this isn't a fucking video game. <laughs> yeah, like I, I think the only one that I was like, oh wow, that was actually pretty pretty nice. Was I think after the second red flag in Jetta where he yeah. passed yeah. both of them. Yeah. Like and he did I was it like, clean. that's he a brilliant that fucking move. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the door was open. Fuck it. Go for it. But that's some of the other ones. I'm like, holy shit, brother. Mm-hmm. It just, and Jetta specifically, it very much reeked of um, desperation to me. Yeah. Just knowing that their car wasn't as good as Mercedes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's one of those things like, too, like, as an F1 fan, I've loved this season, but man, it's been so exhausting following this stuff. 
constantly, just the drama between Red Bull and Mercedes specifically. And I just kind of want it to be over, you know, so we can have a nice break and come back with a totally fresh start next season. But it's not going to be over for a little while, I don't think. No. no. Ah, I'd be very surprised if Michael Massey keeps his job next year. Oh, 100%. Um, 100%. I don't know why you'd want to keep that job. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I I think he's got to go, and I think overall there's just got to be some um, streamlining of certain rules and elimination of some gray areas. Um, And like I said, I don't think the team should be allowed to talk and negotiate Mm -hmm. with the race director. I just think that's fucking stupid. Um. Like I think those things need completely overhauled for sure next for next season. I'll be shocked if he's there too. Do you think they'll overturn the championship? I don't know, man. It depends like how how they really feel about about it. Like it's it's a weird thing to do um, because how do you determine it? Do you determine it by uh, he breached the like he breached like the only way you can really do it like and actually take into consideration the violation of procedure there would be to actually overturn it because what what should have happened was that they'd go around another lap and the race would be over in the position that they were when they made that mm-hmm. decision because you don't know what would happen if you didn't do that, if you didn't send the cars through. Right. So because they sent the cars through wrong, they have to assume what would happen if they actually did that the right way. They can't assume what would happen but it depends if they actually even take that into consideration. If they actually throw Michael Massey under the bus, which I, I personally, I don't, I don't know if they'll do. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't see them overturning the championship, but I could see them. I don't know, but I also can't. I just can't see the FIA admitting they fucked up either. Yeah. yeah. They just don't seem like that sort of organization. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It's tough, but this stuff happens in sports all the time. Just bad calls, bad non-calls or something, you know. Yeah, it and, just so uh, happened that yeah. this happened in, like, the most important uh, part. Yes. Like, it happened at the end of the season, like, at the de- at the point that decided the championship, they made a bad decision. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah, it, also too, like, just an aside, I think the layout, the new layout of Abu Dhabi was better for sure, but it still wasn't overly exciting. No. It's just not the place to have the finale at all. And uh, it sucks that, you know, the finale is going to continue to be there. Yeah, sure. well, you know, money talks. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, I think Abu Dhabi was, like, one of the first races, if not the first race, that they started expanding into the Arabian Peninsula. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of oil money there, and that's <laughs> that's what they're chasing. Yeah. In Jeddah, man, I, I don't know about that place. Dude, that place, place sucks. <laughs> that track sucks. <laughs> they should never race. I, th- I don't think they are going to race there again, but they should never race there again. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if that, that track is, is fit for kart racing. I'm not sure if that track is fit for bicycle racing. 
Yeah, it's a it's a crazy ass track, and man, just some of those standing starts are just so so dangerous. Like that chicane that bundles everybody up, and then there's just no fucking room on the track. You know, it's like a fucking NASCAR race, like at Daytona or something. One car in the front goes around. Now you have a bunch of other cars piling up behind them because there's literally nowhere to go. Yeah. You know, it's like... Uh, had, a scary, it's a cool, had a scary crash with Mazepin coming up very yeah. quickly on, on the back of George Russell. Because yeah, he and he had down no because, idea. Yeah. Like, there's no way to know what happened ahead of you. Because exactly. Because, like these cars are very wide and you're sitting in the center of them. You can't really see around the car ahead of you, especially when you're that close. All right. I think it is a very cool track to watch one car go around. But once you start throwing 20 more on there, it gets not that exciting, but then also just very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're lucky that, uh, thankfully no one was hurt in formula one. There was some serious injuries in formula two. Right. And yep. Yeah. It's, I'm just glad everyone got out of there in one piece. <laughs> yeah. Also, Netflix just has to be having a fucking boner oh, right God. now. Oh, God. Netflix was whispering in Michael Massey's ear. <laughs> yeah. Netflix is the race director. Plot twist. Michael Massey gets gets a seat in the writer's <laughs> room of Drive to Survive. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Like, I think about this season, and I'm like, what else are they going to do for Drive to Survive? Because you could do the entire season just about this battle between Max versus Lewis. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> it's just... A, what a crazy season. Crazy, crazy, weird, kind of not satisfying ending. Yeah. But also exciting ending. It's... Uh, it's but wouldn't it have been so exciting to see both Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton on soft tires at the end oh, of the race? Yes. Ultimately, going for that, like three or four laps. Yes. Ultimately, that is the choice that should have been made if you wanted it to end under. If you wanted racing, ra- yes. If you wanted racing, that yes, that would have been fucking awesome. Because like Max didn't get a good start in the beginning of the race. Lewis got a great start, but, you know, maybe vice versa happens, you know? And and just, dude, that just chase, that would have been so fucking exciting to watch, regardless of who won. And to have it turn out like this is just a little bit of a bummer. Uh. <laughs> and also, like, um, Toto Wolf talking to Michael Massey was just like, you know, Michael, you have to like, reinstate the previous laps results or whatever. He's like, that's not right. And then Toto's just, or Michael's just like, Toto, we are motor racing. It's a motor race. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Uh, for one, like, I don't know if I'd want to piss Toto Wolf off. And then two, like, I don't know if that's a great response either, buddy. <laughs> oh, my God.